You're listening to Fanholes, a Transformer comic book fantasy and science fiction podcast by the fans for the fans. All right, welcome to another edition of the Fanholes podcast. This is episode two, uh, Electric Boogaloo, and I am Tony. You may know me as Chainclaw on the Bot Talk message boards. With me tonight, I've got our regular Rose Gallery. If you folks just want to introduce yourself, let's go ahead and get this uh, party started. Hi, this is Brian. I'm Breakdown on the forums. Hey, what's up? This is Derek. You know me as Derek WC. I'm Botok. Hey, it's Mike. I'm Thunderwing. This is Justin, known as Grimlock. Cool, cool, cool. You know, actually, it's kind of funny you mentioned uh, your name on there, uh, Barber, because I was thinking about, like, uh, Grimlock and all the uh, old toys we used to get when we were kids. Kind of got me thinking, do you guys remember the first Transformer toy you ever got? I do, but... I wasn't exactly sure on the identity of that toy for several years. Um, I got, when I was about three or four, I got, it turned out it was Skids, but for the longest time I thought it was Trailbreaker, and until I actually saw a Trailbreaker toy, I thought I had, well, Trailbreaker, but it turned out it was Skids. He's in pieces now. Oh, come on, man. He was in that one episode for at least 33 seconds. How could you not yeah. recognize him? Because I, I was like three or four years old, and all I knew was he was some kind of van and not a car. So so does that mean, like, retroactively, Transformers 20 is, like, your favorite comic ever? Or <laughs> Yeah, the showdown issue, yes. No, actually, I never really took to Skids as a character, or Trailbreaker, really. It's just I remember them as the ones I... I, I remember Skids as the one I have, who I thought was Trailbreaker. Just because he was a van, and all vans are apparently the same to me. Well, they were both kind of weak, because all Trailbreaker did was just kind of run out and go, Force field! I'm tired. Uh, better than Skids. Skids just ran out and went, who the hell am I? Uh, I think uh, I have a photograph which actually predates my actual memory of my first Transformer toy. Um, the photograph is me sitting with, like, I'm sure what is a birthday sweater, um, and Optimus Prime and Leader One. So, I'm not sure if those were my actual first Transformer toys. This the uh, first recorded image or memory of Transformer toys in my life. Your, fit, your first Transformer was actually a GoBot. I hope not. I think I, <laughs> I think I knew what was up, and I opened Optimus Prime first, just so I could say he was my first. Brian's secret shame. I think I think I probably did get GoBots before Transformers. I, I was under the misimpression that like GoBots came first for like when I was really young for years or something like that. Does I think that automatically my... mean they were cooler in your books since they were the originals? Mm, I don't know. I, I just remember, like, being on the, the playground and stuff and people arguing over, like, which one came first. And I could have swore that, you know, because I bought a GoBot first, I must have been under the impression, like, obviously it came first. You know, like, I, I don't know. I didn't know any better. You, but... ac- you actually might be right, Derek. I think GoBots I did. Say, yeah, I agree yeah. Oh, okay, so then, then I guess maybe they did come first, see? I guess they I just, was right all those years. Yeah, they just didn't catch on. Okay. Yeah, if we go by that logic, my first uh, Transformer was Spacey. I think my, my first Transformer was um, Brawn, and actually it was it kind of like a twofold thing, because I remember having Brawn and uh, Frenzy and Laserbeak, so that that's what I remember getting the first time I ever had a Transformer, because I always had Brawn, like, fighting with frenzy and stuff like that or rumble i guess i would always call him rumble because of the color so that's awesome i was never like uh had anyone to buy the cassettes for me as a kid but we had this really huge backyard and everyone cut through it to get to school and i remember finding like laser beak just laying in my backyard so i was like holy cow i gotta look for more and then like a day or two later i found rumble so that's how <laughs> i just got my hands on the sky 
<laughs> I didn't know what happened. I was just thankful. That's... Thank you, Jesus. Thank, thank Primus, I'd imagine. There you go. And on the fourth day, I got rubble, and it was good. <laughs> you get, like, uh, one of those iguanas cassettes, and you, like, throw it back or whatever? <laughs> yeah, what about you, Barbara? What's, what was your um, first Transformer? I think it was Bumblebee. I'm not quite sure. I know Bumblebee and Cosmos are the oldest ones I have that survived, so I'm not sure if I got them both at the same time. But I think it was Bumblebee, which is weird because... I don't, I'm not a Bumblebee fan at all, so he was just kind of there for me, I guess. I thought Cosmos was way cooler, because he's a UFO. Were you like ahead of the curve and made like Bumblebee a mute in all your adventures? No, no. <laughs> he didn't, he didn't become the, uh, you know, kid brother to R2D2 or anything. He was just kind of there. He didn't, he didn't pee on Cosmos or anything? No, I, it would have been the reverse actually if I was gonna do that. <laughs> but, uh, like when I was playing with them, I would have I didn't have any Decepticons at the time, so I'd have like you know Darth Vader and Skeletor team up and <laughs> meet up on Bumblebee or something, and Cosmos would come in to rescue him or something. Nice. That reminds me when all I had was uh, was Aquaman and Green Lantern for superpowers toys, and that was it. Their base was like the Temple of Doom lunch pail. That was like the Hall of Justice or whatever. So <laughs> that's great. Her. For a long, long time, um, this is my secret team. For a long, long time, Metalhead from the Ninja Turtles line was my Cyclops, only because he had <laughs> he had red he had red eyes. Wow! I could never find one, a real a real Cyclops. Uh, I used well, to use him as a. I mean, what an imagination on you, Mike. That was a I good know idea. he had all I needed was the red eyes. I used a I used a Cylon as Ultron. Uh, you know, a Cylon, uh, you know, soldier or whatever from Battlestar Galactica. He was always Ultron whenever I was playing with like my my secret war toys. Yeah, at least they're cool. they're robots. At least they're both robots. There. Slightly off topic, but did any of you ever like make like headquarters and fortresses out of like uh, cardboard boxes and stuff? I used to. You know what I always used to use, which is you talk about secret shame, Mike. I never had Snow Job's little snow sled. So what I used to do was every time we went to the the movies and got like a really big like sized like styrofoam drink or whatever, I'd like cut holes in the top of it, and then that was like somehow <laughs> Snow Job's like snow sled, I guess. So yeah, that was that was me. That's awesome. I used to make ladders and stuff out of, like, straws and toothpicks for my heroes. Well, that's pretty advanced construction, yeah. I, I just went with, like, the boxes and possibly Legos, which I, instead of building into, like, buildings, I just made into, like, bigger blocks. I about to say, that's what I did. I used Legos. Like, uh, Mike, <laughs> I see, like, Mike, like, having a cardboard box. It says, like, headquarters, H-E-D-Q-U-R-R-R-T-E. <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, I forgot to mention my first Transformer. Me and Derek, uh, I guess, are, uh, again, like... Secret you know, brothers. Secret brothers. <laughs> secret brothers. Not again. Braun was actually my first Transformer as well. Did you did you break Braun's arms at all? Because, like, for oh, yeah. years, I had, like, a one-handed Braun, and I was always using his, uh, his door flap as, like, the replacement arm because there wasn't anything I could do about the real arm. <laughs> it, was, it was a shield. It was a shield. That's right. Oh, yeah, that totally happened to me, too, because, like, yeah, Bronze arms are very flimsy. And he was the first toy that I think began my, like, you know, fan-hater negativity, even at that young age. Because I watched the cartoon, and I'm like, what the fuck? My guy looks nothing like him. Oh, yeah, he has, he has like, the, the you know... He has like battle a mask or whatever oh, instead of a mouth. and The monster hands, and he's on stilts. 
Yes. Yeah, See, I always thought Braun had a great personality on the cartoon, so I was just happy that I lucked into the guy with, like, a really good personality who I thought was, like, funny and stuff. He was, like, the, the springer of season one crew or whatever. I'll get the door. <laughs> I'll get the door. Can I interest you in a magazine subscription? <laughs> yeah. Braun was great. Oh, yeah, no, totally. I mean, I loved him in the cartoon. He was a short angry, like, kind of midget Wolverine character, except not with all the fan wank. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Oh, man, there's, like, a lot of great toys back then. I used to love the uh, combiners and stuff, and um, that, got, that actually kind of reminded me of something. Um, I saw on uh, Nickelodeon, they're starting, like, Power Ranger Samurai, and I know our friend Barber is kind of into Sentai and didn't really care about Samurai, but he was showing us something called... Uh, Go uh, Kyger, correct? Go Kyger. Go Kyger. And uh, I, you know, on his recommendation, decided to take a look at it. I think a couple of us, other of us looked at it uh, this week, too. Did you guys catch it? Indeed, I did. I watched the first episode of Go Kyger. I thought it was pretty cool. I, I haven't seen a lot of Sentai. The only Sentai I saw the whole way through was Go Onger. But, um, but this is really cool. It's kind of like, I guess to put it in perspective for anybody who hasn't seen it, uh, it's kind of like if Transformers Prime was uh, about the five guys you saw on the show, but then they could magically uh, change into any Transformer from any previous <laughs> series ever. So, you know, you'd have, uh, you know, uh, Bleeping Bumblebee, and all of a sudden he could turn into Goldbug or G1 Bumblebee or, you know, uh, uh, Rat Trap or something like that, or Hot Shot, and you'd just be like, oh, whoa, that's awesome. You know, that's basically the extent of, of, you know, kind of the main premise of that series. Totally like the idea that they could turn into other, well, quote-unquote Sentai characters. I was going to explain that. In uh, Japan, Sentai is much bigger than it is over here with Power Rangers. Obviously, Power Rangers gets its roots from the Sentai shows, but the Sentai shows are a lot more serious, and they're actually, I wouldn't really say adult, but they're more mature plots and whatnot. And I really like that with uh, Go... Uh, I'm still not going to say this right. Go Kyger, right? Yep, yeah. that's right. I had a question for Justin or whoever thinks they're an expert. Like, just how different is the Japanese version of these shows compared to what eventually comes to America? Uh, there's sometimes like, there's is a... the whole high school setting and stuff still the same and Zordon the same, stuff like that? No, there's there's no uh, Sentai Zordon, but... Uh... I mean, sometimes, like, different series will be based at a high school, or they may be in high school. Um, I think, like, Mega Rangers are kids in high school, or, yeah, you know, they're yeah. hanging out. But uh, it just depends in, like, the differences. Uh, I think, like, the biggest difference is, like, people will actually die in Sentai and stay dead. And, like, especially civilians, like, you'll see a scene of, like, the people running away or something, and they'll just get blasted, and that's kind of <laughs> it for them. Well, it's kind of like the, 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 I guess, what you would know as the Green Ranger, right? Like, he originally died, which is why, at least in the Sentai, which is why, you know, they had to sort of invent, you know, you know, they only had so much footage of the Green Ranger to use. But when he became really popular in America, you know, they had to kind of turn him into the White Ranger because there was only so much Green Ranger stuff they could sort of cannibalize after a while. Right. So overall, would you say it's uh, generally more mature in Japan than the U.S.? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, overall, definitely, yeah. Cool. I was going to say, I hope they, like, exp like uh, I'm sure they will, but, like, it seemed like the first episode, uh, they, 
like I hope they explain why this apparent like gang of pirates has like the best powers ever. Like they can change into any like the first. It seemed like they could call on the powers of any other team. It's right. like and they like didn't they didn't seem really interested in helping. Well, they did help in the end, but they didn't seem like interested in helping. Right. Um, as far as them getting the powers and stuff, I know I think it's episode three. They kind of they go into that a little bit. They have a flashback where uh, you know Captain Marvelous is being helped by I think it's Aka Red. He's another ranger kinda, and uh, he's telling him to you know take the Sentai powers and keep them safe or something. So I'm sure they're gonna go further back into it you know later on as the show progresses. I guess that best part of the first episode was that big opening sequence with all. The previous Sentai teams, I think uh, somebody online said it's like 180 people, you know, if you yeah, count them all great, up. That was a great action-packed scene and really got you in the mood for for the series, I think. Yeah, and it, I liked, I've i rewatched that several times, and I like to just watch it and try and pick out, you know, I'm like, oh, there's, you know, Z-Ranger guys or, you know, O-Rangers and, you know, some of the I older was, teams. I was looking forward to seeing uh, Battle Fever J show up on the show. Yeah. That was pretty badass, yeah. I mean, I'm not a big Sentai fan or anything, but, I like, I've watched Power Rangers before, and I was like, hey, I know those. That's yeah. like how I got into Die Ranger. It's actually pretty interesting, and uh, it's pretty good so far, and that's where the uh, White Tank Tiger Ranger came from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, it's only subbed up to, like, episode... 30 or 31, so I keep going back and checking, but it's not been updated in quite a while. How many episodes is it? I think most of the Sentai series are between 49 to 51 episodes, and they'll have a movie and then a crossover team-up movie with the previous team. Yeah, I I always would watch those team-up episodes, even if I didn't know who the hell the team-up was with, because I just love team-up episodes. Yeah, Yeah, it it is cool. uh, That's kind of how I got into Sentai, was I just sort of went apeshit on all the the team-up episodes. I love the, yeah, the Red Ranger episode, when all the Red Rangers team up. Oh yeah, Forever Red, that's cool. There's something just like awesome about that i don't know it's like marvel team up almost you know yeah yeah the thrill of that like when it when it wasn't so special to have like different superheroes in the same room together talking about tacos (laughs) all in the same voice yes that of a 13 year old girl (laughs) (laughs) who's bald All right, so as far as Gokadra goes, uh, I mean, what are your guys' final thoughts on it? Did you enjoy it, and is it something you might watch in the future? I, I like the first episode a whole lot. Like, I like the battle and stuff, and uh, and so I'm going to – I'm definitely – I sometimes I lose track of uh, series, but this is definitely a series that I, I don't want to lose track of. Like, I'm looking forward to them changing into the different, uh, different Sentai heroes from the past, so I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing uh, more of that in the future. I liked it. I enjoyed it. I don't know if I'm going to follow it, though. I, I already follow too much stuff, and like like Derek said, I might just lose track of it eventually, but I definitely enjoyed it. Um, I think as far as I go, it actually might be something I might try to uh, keep track of, just because I pretty much really enjoyed it, just like uh, Derek did. Um, something I can actually really get into, because I really have never gotten into any of the Sentai series from Japan that much, and this one was a really kind of a cool intro for me because i've never been used to this type of uh series being this kind of serious i've always been used to the you know rangers the putties have taken all the gumballs from angel grove you know? 
The purse oh. monsters turned everybody into a purse. <laughs> <laughs> or baked everyone into a pizza. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, Rocky just loves to play. But, uh, yeah, I can see myself getting really into it, so I want to try to keep up with it. Um, I guess the best way I can put it is Transformers Prime. I don't really look forward to the next episode. I'll watch it, but this, I actually am curious to where they're going, so I guess that's the best endorsement. I'm actually more interested in than the uh, current Transformers show. Yeah, um, I can say that, too. <laughs> cool thing about Sentai, though, is, you know, they're superheroes to the people of Japan. They're, they're kind of like their you know, traditional heroes, because they've been going for 20-some-odd years, I was reading up on it. Um, over here on uh, this side of the globe, everybody knows our you know biggest heroes had to be the comic book heroes, you know, that you got the X-Men and all that stuff. Probably one of the biggest teams is the Justice League. Um, on Cartoon Network right now, I know a lot of us are getting kind of into it. I'm trying to catch up. But there's a, kind of a new iteration of the Justice League. It's called Young Justice. It's a lot of the younger heroes for the DC Universe. Um, it just started. It's probably been on for maybe about two months now. And I know, uh, Justin, you're really into it. Uh, mind maybe give us a couple of thoughts on it. What do you think about it so far? Well, I guess the biggest thing so far is the whole Superboy, Superman issue, and, you know, that relationship. Um, I know it's kind of a hot topic on, uh, you know, CBR, and it's starting to catch on on Bot Talk. People are discussing it, you know, uh, whether or not Superman should act the way he is because he's just kind of, you know, acting you know, kind of cold and distant to Superboy. And, um, you know, people were saying, you know, should he act like this? Should, shouldn't he? You know, he's Superman. And uh, I guess my thoughts, I have two thoughts on it. I, I have a, you know, wait-and-see attitude because the series is new. I mean, it's only on its ninth episode so far. And I can kind of appreciate what they're doing. They're kind of, you know, maybe trying to make Superman seem a little, you know, not so perfect, maybe just a little bit flawed, you know, and introduce some drama. Uh, but then on the other hand, it does feel, you know, kind of maybe just a little forced, you know, drama just for the sake of drama. So I can kind of see both sides of that. I'm not like a huge Superman fan, uh, so maybe that's why it doesn't bother me too much. Um, but I at least know enough to know that this isn't going to be unresolved. Like, um, it's basically just a story driver for Superboy, I, I believe. And I think eventually you'll see Superman come around and act more like typical Superman. Yeah, I think I think it's good to probably have faith in terms of of an arc, you know, being developed in the in the show. I, you know, I, I, me myself, I'm not a big fan of, of Batman showing up, you know, with his devil's food cake and and you know making Superman look stupid with his apple pie or whatever, and that you know he's so much better than him. But the the actual, uh, I, I was even thinking about this the other day because there was lots of discussion on the different threads, whether it was on CBR or Bot Talk. But it took a long time before. Uh, Superboy became Connor Kent, you know, before he became accepted into the Kent family. So I can give the uh, the show the benefit of the doubt and let them have their you know story arc with Superboy as well. I think um, I thought it was interesting though that on on Smallville it seemed to be a complete 180 degree difference where you know that the character on that show they had their own Connor Kent. And up until that point, he was basically an evil Lex Luthor clone. And once Clark finds out that he's, you know, has half of his DNA, you know, he kind of almost accepts him immediately, you know, and tries to, you know, help him and tutor him and, you know, help him fit in because he can understand the same kind of uh, awkwardness that he must be feeling, you know, developing new powers and stuff like that. So I, I like, kind of like Justin says, I can see both points of view, you know, that, that you know, some people want the, the character arc and for Superboy to be, uh, 
you know, angry and mad all the time. But also I can see that, uh, you know, it would be fun also to um, to have, uh, you know, Superman, you know, eventually take on Superboy under his wing and Young Justice as well. I agree with all that. Um, I, You know, it does seem a little awkward so far with the Superman's, you know, little uh, deadbeat dad routine, I like to call it. But, you know, it's Greg Wiseman, and if you've watched Gargoyles or Spectacular Spider-Man or any of the shows he's done, really, you know he's, like, crazy prepared he's like batman black panther prepared for all this stuff and uh you know i was reading an interview with him where like he sets up like a whole season and like even like events that'll pay off in second and third seasons up ahead of time so you know there must be a plan with this so i I have faith that it'll turn out okay in the end you know like in in spectacular spider-man like the whole green goblin mystery didn't get resolved like it picked up midway in season one and it didn't get resolved all the way until the end of the show so you know, stuff like that. Now, there's uh, been a lot of talk about Superman and Superboy, how uh, those characters interact. But uh, a lot of uh, the listeners may not know if they haven't seen the show. There's actually a lot of characters in this uh, series that have never really been on any animated series. I know one of the favorites that you guys uh, talk about a lot is, uh, hello, Megan. <laughs> <laughs> hello, Megan. Yeah, Miss Martian's pretty cool. That's, uh, that's Winnie Cooper, right? Yes, yes, from, from everybody's favorite show, The Wonder Years. Now, uh, one thing uh, we uh, have talked about uh, a little bit off here and stuff is, like, the kind of the history and stuff, because just, for example, Miss Martian, she's actually, like, you know, somebody brought up one time that, you know, I thought Martian Manhunter was the last Martian. She's actually, like, a white Martian and stuff. Do you like the fact that they're doing a lot of uh, characters and setups with established history that they're actually, you know, showing as they go along? I mean, what do you think about that, Barbara? Do you like the uh, established DC history kind of... Yeah, I enjoy that. I guess one of the things I look forward to with Jung Justice is, you know, all the little small references and obscure characters that pop up, you know, like uh, Sportsmaster or something. I always look forward to that. You know, if I don't know who it is, I'll do some research to try and figure out who it is. So, you know, I'll enjoy the overall story arc, but I also love the, you know, hardcore fan references as well. I think that's I think that's part of the fun for me is uh, discovering you know sometimes I'll, I'll know who somebody is right away but sometimes I'll look at somebody because they have their you know they have their extreme new design or whatever and so sometimes I look at it and I kind of go oh who's that supposed to be and like uh, Justin brought up uh, you know Sportsmaster and I you know I think when I first saw him I wasn't exactly sure who he was supposed to be and then you know eventually you kind of either hear the guy's name or you you know you figure it out. Um, but yeah, I think that's uh, a lot of the fun in that show is, is seeing different cameos and, and, uh, different characters and sort of, uh, you know, discovering them through research or, or what have you. I forgot. Didn't he like kind of have like the Casey Jones ski mask almost like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, he was, he, he was very much kind of, uh, he, I don't know. He looked very hardcore to me, almost like he was. They were going for, like, a Deathstroke the Terminator look for Sportsmaster, whereas, I guess, if you read, like, the old school, you know, Justice Society comics, he's just kind of a guy with a bunch of sports equipment and looks, you know, fairly fairly goofy, I guess, you know? I was going to say, yeah, uh, like you said, the extreme makeover. I really like golf! As extreme as someone named Sportsmaster can be, yeah. Well, I guess that, that, that does make sense. In a way. Well, I mean, it's also his family's last name. I think his name is, uh, you know, Josh Sportsmaster. Uh, one of the characters I uh, brought up, which uh, uh, kind of threw me for a loop, is everybody likes to pick on Aquaman. I'm sure everybody knows that. You know, it's like, oh, he talks to fish. This Aqualad, which I 
you know, have heard this pretty much kind of a new design just for the series. He's kind of a, you know, not to throw the term around lightly, he's kind of a badass. So, I mean, what, what do you guys think about them actually taking, like, someone like that and transforming him to almost something totally new? I mean, I know you do a lot of uh, history on comics uh, videos, Derek. What do you think about them kind of updating him? I, I think it's actually interesting. Like, I, I think my initial gut reaction to change is, like, you know, uh, Wayne and Garth, you know, it's kind of like Garth, you know, we, we fear change, you know, and I freak out and, like, break the telephone and shit. But, but for the most part, this, um, I think the, the acting's really good with Keldor and, and, you know, how they kind of made him the, he, he's the, you know, the most adult of the, the teen group, you know, the young justice group in that scenario. And, uh, I, I'm actually, you know, very interested in the character and his backstory. Cause I guess it, as opposed to maybe other characters where they might have cameos and I know a lot of the history behind them, uh, I, I don't think I know all the history of, uh, you know, Keldor right away. So I'm definitely looking forward to that and seeing where they go with it. And if it, if it matches up with some of the stuff that was introduced in Brightest Day, cause they have their own new Aqualad in that as well. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, it really surprised me that like they went that far into making him, you know, something really new that we haven't really seen before from like Aquaman. Uh, what, I know Brian, you've, uh, really not been keeping up with it. And recently, just in the last week or so, you've been making a concentrated effort to, uh, kind of catch up on what are your thoughts about the show um i'm really enjoying it i'm actually glad that i had the homework assignment to do because even from the first episode i it was a show i liked um i'd seen stills before i started watching it and it looked like it had good animation and that was confirmed once i started watching it it's kind of interesting because even going back as far as justice league um i kind of like justice league um then justice league unlimited came out and i liked that one a little bit more and now Young Justice is out, and it's like the best cartoon I've seen in quite a while. Yeah, I mean, I think it has a, a good, you know, chance to really go somewhere kind of cool. Is there any uh, kind of uh, characters or, uh, like, storylines in it so far that you guys are just really chopping at the bit? I mean, I know you guys mentioned Superboy and Superman, how they're kind of, you know, you know, Dad, you suck. And he's like, I'm not your dad. Give me some pie. What other, like, things? Come I know that, uh, like, Artemis, for example, she apparently knows one of the... Uh, you know, one of the baddies, and she kind of freaked out about it. Well, that's kind of interesting because I, you, you notice like there were all these these fans speculating on who uh, Artemis was. You know, I think I think if you're a Wonder Woman fan, I think most people gravitate towards uh, the Artemis on uh, the Wonder Woman uh, comics. But of course, that's not the same character as uh, Artemis Crook from uh, from JSA. Which, if you saw some of the more recent episodes, they they had some. Uh, college applications i think where they had her name printed on it so it's pretty much uh, a solid that that it is that same character where it's the you know it looks like they're trying to set it up where it's the sportsmaster and maybe cheshire's daughter or something like that has robin's identity actually been revealed in show yet uh i know it's supposed to be dick grayson but i can't remember if they've They've spelled it out somewhere specifically. I just kind of curious if they're going to make that into like a storyline somewhere. Kind of like you know, see which one it is. Because because Batman seems to be very favorable to this Robin, which is you know, Dick is usually his favorite Robin. So <laughs> as horrible as that sounds. Yep, he loves Dick. <laughs> also, yeah, just just you know, talking about all these uh episodes of Young Justice and talking about like the history and stuff. It kind of, 
makes me think. You remember when you were growing up, like the first comic you guys ever got? I mean, you ever remember, like, you know, like the first one you ever got your hands on? You just bought it with, like, you know, your first bit of change you, like, found, or just you had an older brother and he gave you your comics? I mean, what about you, Barbara? I mean, what was, like, the first comic you ever got your hands on? Well, for me, it wasn't just one specific comic. Uh, I got like a huge, huge stack of comics from my uncle. I was very young. I guess it was even before I was ever in kindergarten or anything. Mostly it was like cartoon stuff. It was like, you know, Tom and Jerry, uh, Woody Woodpecker, some Archies, uh, you know, stuff like that. A bunch of old Gold Key and Whitman comics. And there was one superhero comic in that stack. It was Invaders number 11, and that was my first introduction to superhero comics because for me at the time, I wasn't really aware of comics. And, you know, to me, Batman was just, you know, guy on TV was Adam West. So, yeah, I uh, really got into that Invaders comic. Like, I've read it so many times, you know, it pretty much just crumbled in my hands, and that's what led me into other comics. I know as a kid, I had a few other comics. I had the uh, one of the issues of the Marvel adaptation of uh, Star Trek the motion picture and you know I had a few uh, John Carter Warlord of Mars comics that my uncle also gave me later on but I didn't really dig those too much at the time because I thought they were kind of you know strange because it was you know giant eight foot tall Martians with green skin and uh, you know (laughs) forearms and all the humans were running around half naked on these giant lizards with you know eight legs and stuff so I thought those were kind of strange I mean I appreciate what he was trying to do because later on as a teenager I went back, I read those comics, I read uh, all the books that those were based on, you know, the Edgar Asperil's, you know, Barsoom books and Tarzan stuff. Uh, so I really dig that stuff now. How is it like getting like that, like that mother load of comics to just kind of like sink you into all this? Well, the cartoon stuff I guess I was already familiar with, but the, that um, Invaders number 11 just kind of opened the door to so many other things because, uh, you know, I started, you know, actively seeking out newer comics like uh, X-Men. And, you know, later on, the Tim Burton Batman movie came out. So, you know, everybody went crazy for that. I did, too. Um, Had you, so like, was... asked for comics or been interested in them before you got that stack? No, no, not really. That's pretty cool. I mean, uh, I don't know if my story really compares to that, so I'm going to, like, hold off and see if, like, somebody else just got one like I did. Um, hey, Derek, what did what'd you get for your first comic? I mean... Uh, I usually like to say my first official... You know, collector bought comic uh, was Transformers 22. Um, it was the first comic I remember. I, I was big into writing screenplays in college, and I wrote this little monologue where the the lead character is basically trying to explain what a what a nice and good guy he is, and how uh, sometimes he just doesn't understand girls. And uh, the uh, he mentions Transformers 22. You know, basically talking about Circuit Breaker and how she's basically you know, zapping Superion, who is the good Transformer. So it was supposed to be that kind of uh, equating to, hey, I'm the good guy. Like, don't don't zap me, you know, if I was a 50-foot-tall robot or whatever. And uh, before that, uh, it, it's kind of weird because I have, like, these vague memories of, of the comics I had, but they were sort of pre-collectors, so I obviously didn't really take good care of them or anything. Uh, there were some foreign uh, comics where I was traveling abroad, so I had like an Italian Hulk comic book and a German Donald Duck comic book that now has like no cover and is totally ratty and torn up all to hell. And uh, before that, there was uh, an Empire Strikes Back adaptation and uh, G.I. Joe number six with the October Guard, I remember. Um, and since I was so young, I mean, I must have been like 
six or five or something. So I, I wasn't exactly collecting the comic. It was more like I just liked the pictures and stuff. And so all I remember was I would, you know, cut out Luke Skywalker, you know, hanging on the weather vane, you know, uh, for the Empire Strikes Back, you know, Cloud City scene and sort of tape that onto my wall like it was a poster or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's funny you bring up the uh, the uh, Empire Strikes Back stuff. I always, when I was a kid, it didn't matter to me, obviously. But, you know, as you grow up, you get more, you know, analytical and stuff. They had some really great artists on the Star Wars comics of, of Marvel, but, man, they could not draw the spaceships for anything well it depends on like who was who was drawing it i think because i think some of those early star wars issues it went back and forth but uh al williamson is pretty good i think they they picked him because he he used to do the flash gordon uh comic strip i think if i'm remembering right and and so like lucas always read that and so he basically said hey get the guy who who did those flash gordon comic strips i used to like to read yeah i used to collect too i, I just thought like, you know was you know wondering if you thought that too it was like Hey, the Millennium Falcon, it's awfully square in this particular episode, uh, issue. <laughs> yeah. To me, the artist could never get, you know, Star Trek ships right because, you know, uh, that Star Trek motion picture comic led me into other Star Trek comics. And, you know, I'd be like, no, nah, this bird of prey doesn't really look like a bird of prey. It's just a, you know, green bird looking thingy. And, you know, going further back, I know the Guild Key comics, like some of those early ones, uh, the artist thought that, uh, you know, the, Enterprise warp missiles were actually functioning like a rocket, so they'd have like this giant explosion that would send them out of orbit. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> they have like little streams coming out of the cells and stuff. Ship go fast now. Uh, sometimes maybe they just don't have like reference art. Like I remember, like in the Transformers the movie adaptation, the Matrix is just like some green hunk of kryptonite. Right. Yeah. Right. Because I I always remember reading that movie adaptation and thinking like. Well, wait, like, I, I remember reading the comics, you know, the Matrix was just like some abstract thing stuck in Prime's head, so it seemed like it sort of carried over from that, almost. That's actually kind of interesting you mentioned that, uh, Mike, about the Transformers, because if you remember from the actual miniseries, I guess it was before they got the Studio Ox slash Sunbow uh, design cards, but every single Transformer in that first issue had their toy-accurate form. Oh, yeah. And they gradually morph, like, three issues later into their actual, like, uh, what's his face, a Flory Derry-designed uh, animation models. Yeah. <laughs> and Ratchet loves to party, but he doesn't have a head. Yes. <laughs> doesn't stop him. It's kind of like Grimlock in that respect. Oh, yeah. Speaking of partying, Brian, what, what was your first comic that made you, like, get all down with the... Uh, comic form and media um i have some vague vague uh impressions of like superman stories kicking around in my head nothing concrete that i can remember i think that's mostly because my dad was a superman fan probably tried pushing it on me the first actual book i remember getting myself and hanging on to i actually have it in front of me still right now um it was solo avengers starring hawkeye uh, as issue number 20 um he fought Plant Man in it, and the back half of the book was a Moon Dragon backup story. So it wasn't the most thrilling comic, but um, it kind of turned me into the Marvel maniac I am today, and uh, I don't know, kind of clued me into other characters like Spider Man and stuff. And then that's kind of who I gravitated towards after that. Well, I'm sure Michael has no problem with uh, Hawkeye being your uh, first comic exposure. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. With arrows, it, it, it was with arrows. So. <laughs> Not that bad. Uh, another early one I actually remember getting was, like, uh, as a kid, one of my friends told me that there is a comic 
of like Spider-Man delivering pizza. I was like, no way, I got to get that. So I went to like the drug town um, prescription store and they had comics there. And I think it was like uh, Spider Amazing Spider-Man 314, like Todd McFarlane art. And he's delivering a pizza to the Scorpion. So that's another <laughs> really, really early one I got. And Scorpion was pissed because he asked for no anchovies. <laughs> Sadly, I think I remember that issue. Yeah. Oh. yeah I remember the first uh, Spider-Man comic I ever got was – Web of Spider-Man 18, and I guess at the end of it, uh, it was supposed to be this subplot by uh, Micheleni where this, you know, trench-coated secret guy, you know, pushes Peter Parker into the subway, you know, like, the, so the train would run him over, and it's like, you know, and of course he's freaked out, and he's like, oh my god, you know, and of course, you know, the bystanders are like, oh yeah, you'd be freaked out too, buddy, if you almost turned into street pizza, but like, the shocking ending is supposed to be like, Peter's like, got this thought bubble where he's like, I'm not freaked out, because I nearly died, I'm freaked out, because I nearly died, and my spider sense didn't go off. You know, and that was supposed to be like this big deal. And so I kept reading Web of Spider-Man, like expecting like that that would be explained to me someday. And like it never really ever did. Like as far as I was concerned, like I never understood who that was or what happened. It was really awesome ending and I wanted to know what happened next, but I never really figured it out. And it wasn't until like years later where I read some uh, Michelinie interview where they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, that was Venom. Yeah, I went, yeah it, was, I went, it was Eddie oh. Brock, yeah. Like, you know, like, then I was kind of like, oh, okay, like, that's who that was supposed to that's be. That's right, yeah. But, like, but at the time, like, that was, you know, when I was reading that, that was before Venom was ever even created. So it's not like I was like, oh, duh, it's Venom, you know. Yeah, he had some cameos. Hello, Megan. I was just going to say, he had some, like, cameos in, like, Amazing 298 and 299. But I can't remember what they did in the cameos now. Well, if I remember correctly, like, uh, Brock, for a while before he full-on became Venom, when they referred to him in flashbacks, he, you know, took up the uh, Thing's completely awesome trench coat and fedora disguise to stalk Peter, right? <laughs> I thought that was just a hassle to Yancey Street Gang. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Eddie I think it, too. they just, I remember they showed him just, like, pumping iron in, like, some cruddy room and being like, I will be here soon, soon. And yeah. by soon, I mean the 300th anniversary issue. Uh, what about you, uh, Michael? What was your first comic? It was a batch of Transformers comics, the old Marvel ones, but uh, I, I can actually, I know we talked about this before, I can actually narrow down the very first one I read was Transformers number six, which had a shockwave uh, blowing Megatron's shoulder apart on the cover. Oh, yeah, and yeah. it was the big, you know, shockwave versus Megatron issue, and that forever cemented shockwave is like my favorite Decepticon because he, you know, uh, I, it, they were like, oh, Megatron's the big bad guy, but shockwave's a better big bad guy. So it's like when I when I eventually saw the cartoon, I was all like, Wait, why is shockwave like Megatron's bitch in this? I mean, he's just like, <laughs> yes, Megatron. <laughs> Have a safe journey, my liege. Yes, I will stay here for four million years and do nothing. That's kind of funny that you mentioned that, because I think my first exposure was to the cartoon before the comic. So when I when I finally read the comic, I'm kind of like, why do humans hate Transformers? Like, why do they hate the Autobots? Don't they know the Autobots are the good guys? Like, that, that always bothered me about, like, Circuit Breaker and stuff like that. And it was sort of the same thing with um, with Shockwave and Megatron, where I'm like, what the hell, dude? Shockwave's supposed to be loyal. He's not loyal in this. Yeah, that always blew my mind, too, because I was like you, Derek. The cartoon was before the comics to me. And, yeah, you know, like Mike said, you know, he was always like, kiss his glorious leader. Please bring me back a T-shirt. And he just, you know, hung out. <laughs> and, 
And then and that awesome like, Corey Burton voice, yeah. Yeah. I, and then I like looked at. I took all the energon from this planet, and all I have is this stupid TV. <laughs> but yeah, I remember when I was a kid, though. I saw that cover, though. You guys know which cover I'm talking about. The Transformers are all dead, and I'm like, whoa, what yep. the hell? Yeah. Yeah, that was the issue right before six. So that was that was five. Yeah. So my mind would have been even more blown if I saw that issue first. But, you know, <laughs> like, the series is over. They're all dead. Pretty much. Yeah. It opens up with Shockwave just walking around and like all the Autobots hanging from the ceiling and stuff. And was... well, luckily, luckily, since Ratchet's head was not a head, he, he missed Ratchet. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> just a windy partying. Oh, uh, probably my first comic. Um... Like I said, I didn't want to follow Barbara, but you guys, yeah, totally had great stories. Mine was, uh, like I said, I was, we were talking about this a long time ago, and I, I mentioned uh, Marvel Team Up with a fabulous Frogman and Spidey taking on the uh, White Rabbit. It was a female uh, villain, very much in the 60s Batman TV show kind of vein. She dressed like a weird love child of the Mad Hatter and White Rabbit, and she even had, uh, I, I remember now, she even had, like, penguin-ish uh, umbrella gimmick weapons and stuff like that but as i think back on it actually my first comic that i got was probably from my brother and it was old marvel two and one it had uh you know that was the things comic at the time and there's a character called the uh champion he's a elder of the universe and he comes down and he's like i want to know who the strongest one is of all of you and he fights all these marvel heroes who are like you know their main thing is they're strong and it was a really good comic because it just had all these characters I just you know really never knew. I, and I remember uh, Colossus was in it. And I think that's when I first began my uh, deep-seated love of Colossus because he was just I was like, dude, he's made of metal and and he like is Russian and he keeps getting punched and asking where Ilyana is. Oh wait, no, Ilyana, Ilyana. I remember uh, reading uh, Silver Surfer, and uh, that was one of the big comics I read besides Spider-Man when I first started collecting comics. And uh, the champion is actually in the first issue of that. So I, I, but that was sort of before I discovered real comic book shops, you know, specialty shops that had back issues. So I kind of saw this little reference to Marvel Two and One, wondering like, oh, that this guy must be really strong, you know, if he fought with you know the Hulk and. The Thing and Colossus and Sasquatch and all these guys, you know, like so. And I'm like, oh, Silver Surfer here is, you know, manhandling him. So Silver Surfer must be even stronger than all those guys, you know, like. So I was pretty impressed by the whole thing. It's interesting. Um, I've actually read that, but that Gladiator so. story, Tony. It is a good one. But um, I was trying to remember where I had it from, and I picked up uh, one of my trades. It's a really old one. It's Marvel's Greatest Super Battles. And not only does it have that Gladiator boxing story it also has my spider-man anchovy pizza story i'm just kind of flipping through but that's kind of cool (laughs) the circle pulls in on itself and everything explodes (laughs) my mind's been blown yeah uh i also want to mention just because it just really amused me i like the fact that all the heroes would come up and some of them didn't look that different like uh sasquatch you know like sasquatch he's just big and furry and really canadian but, like, most of them came in in boxing togs. Like, you have Thor, you know, this honored, you know, noble warrior god. And he's, like, in boxing tight uh, trunks. And he has a boxing glove. And he rips off his glove. And he's like, champion, I say thee nay. And flings his hammer at him. And they're, like, disqualified. The uh, you, you said the Hulk got disqualified, too, right? Yeah, yeah he, uh, he rips off his gloves. Yeah, he rips up, rips up, rips up the ring and everything, and they're like, "Yeah, that's just that's just not gonna work, man." 
<laughs> Here's a line from Thor. Verily, tis beyond belief, my Asgardian raiment hath been transformed into this unseemly garb. Son of Odin does not box. <laughs> I, I love old comics because they, they go from incredibly silly to like just, you know, like you said, awesome fights that don't even compare to like, you know, newer stuff is like, man, new stuff is not even as good as the old stuff. However, there is some new stuff that I'm very much looking forward to in the uh, world of film. I know you guys know this. There's a lot of movies coming out this summer, specifically, like, especially superhero movies. Um, I was just wondering what some of the ones your guys might be looking for. What about you, uh, Mike? What's, which uh, comic film is really kind of, you know, uh, your I, interest? Cap is probably the one I'm looking forward to most. Uh, you know, I thought, like, there's only been, like, that one 30-second uh, TV spot as of, like, this podcast, but... Uh, they, they packed a lot of kickassery into those 30 seconds, and, you know, every picture that I see makes me more and more excited. So, you know, Cat, like, I, I I think Thor looks really good, too, and, you know, X-Men and Green Lantern kind of seem a little underwhelming so far with their trailers, but Cap is definitely number one with Thor close behind, and X-Men and Green Lantern a little farther behind those two. <laughs> Yeah, I have to say I'm I'm less than whelmed with uh with Green Lantern, but I agree. Uh, the trailer for Captain America looked like the one that they aired during the Super Bowl. I think completely sold me on it. Like it got me really uh, excited and and in the mode to see it. I liked all the 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 way the CGI was used to you know make uh, young you know uh, polio ridden Steve Rogers and stuff like that. Like I thought all that stuff was, looked really really cool in like uh you know uh whatever it was a 60 second teaser i'm kind of in the same boat as like mike and you guys probably in order uh the ones i'm looking forward to most are captain america then thor and then down below that would probably be green lantern and the new avenger or new x-men movie what about you barbara which one you uh really just crank to see um yeah i would agree i would go with cap and i'm a huge Thor fanboy. I mean, the trailer it looks really good. I'm really looking forward to it, but I just think Cap's going to be the better movie. Yeah, yeah. I myself, you guys know this, I've I gone on about I'm really looking forward to Thor. I think it just looks really cool. It's got, like, this epic feel to it and stuff. You know, I just, I like big movies like that. They're like, you know, I like the Lord of the Rings trilogy and all that stuff. I like, you know, guys with swords beating each other up, especially since they're Obviously going to throw a little bit of the Marvel in it with, like, the Destroyer at the end. He's this hulking big black armor. Yeah, the Destroyer armor looks really, really cool, I think. And it looks just like the comics, too. So I'm I'm pretty psyched about that. Um, Tony, what do you think about the fact that it's more of a ultimate Thor with this movie? It seems like he does not really have a, a Don Blake secret identity and that, you know, he, he's more of just sort of a regular guy when the movie starts. So what What are your thoughts on that? Do you miss the the Don Blake identity for this movie? I think, you know, personally, uh, it gives it a little bit more weight right now to kind of show how badass Thor is, just him himself, just being this ultimately cool thunder god. And, you know, I don't have any problem with Don Blake. If they were doing an ongoing show, like a series every week, they could totally do the more humility thing, you know, like have an episode where, uh, you know, Don can't transform or whatever. But for, for the first movie... I think it really is important to kind of get your ducks in a row, because that seems to be what they're doing with the Cap movie. Because I know uh, the old 90s one, they had a little bit of a flashback to, like, World War II, and uh, I don't think Red Brown ever fought anybody, like, from a Nazi standpoint. 
Yeah, he just he just fought Soromon, so. <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah, I really like the fact that they're just you know going like not really old school as far as like the comics because obviously that's Don Blake, but I like the ultimate slant on it where Thor is Thor all the time, you know. Um, as far as like the Green Lantern movie, a lot of us have like hinted here and there that we're not really looking forward to. What what's some of the more detailed, not really complaints, but concerns that uh, kind of get with you? What about you, Brian? What what really kind of makes you not go? Yeah, I want to see that. Um, I don't know. I'm not too buzzed about the costume. The CGI doesn't look that great to me. Also, I don't know. We we're kind of talking about Ryan Reynolds and how he started off as like a good Deadpool at the beginning of Wolverine Origin, Origins, but uh, at the end, you know, he's terrible. And <laughs> I, I don't know how how it is to see him as a whole other superhero again, like how he's going to do. I don't know. Well, it's kind of like, I, I guess the, the thing that's interesting is here you've got uh, Chris Evans, who was the Human Torch, and he's going to be Captain America, but you kind of see him, I, I don't know, like even in the trailer itself, I feel kind of sold that, that he can handle being Captain America, whereas I, I think with, with Ryan Reynolds, uh, you get the idea, uh, I, I know Mike brought this up too, that, that he's a really good Wade Wilson in you know the first 15 minutes or whatever of Wolverine Origins, you know, he's being funny, he's being snarky, he's doing his cool stuff with the swords. You're like, oh, I could see Ryan Reynolds be Wade Wilson, Deadpool, for, you know, uh, a whole two-hour movie. But then, you know, the question I have to people is, is the guy that would be the most awesome Deadpool ever really the guy you want to cast as Hal Jordan? And and I think the answer to that is no. So that that's my only kind of concern with it, where you're kind of looking at it going, you know, you know, woo! And I'm, <laughs> I know, I'm not, I, I, you're not feeling that exactly. So I just, you know, that's just as me. a bigger DC comic reader than I am. Does like, Bob, does it bother you at all? Like how how Jordan's being portrayed? Like you know, because essentially it's his origin versus how in the comics he like his character currently acts. Like discrepancy. Um, I I don't know. I. I, I I, I guess maybe film-wise, maybe they think that's a more marketable way to go, I guess. I don't know. Like, I really enjoyed the first Flight movie, the way they kind of had it as a, a training day meets, you know, uh, Space Cops type thing or whatever, you know. Um, so, I, you know, I don't know exactly what the storyline for the movie is, and I don't really want to speculate about it, you know, the live-action movie. But, you know, just being a, a more heavy DC fan, it's like you, you, you feel that ingrained you know, you want to like it, you know, it's not like, it's not like you want to go out of your way to go, oh, all these movies suck, rawr, it's like, I don't, you know, Superboy mad, DC movies always suck, <laughs> you know, it's like, I don't want to be that guy, you know, I'd rather just enjoy the movie and leave it at that, but um, the, the uh, it's just that thing, you see the trailer and you're not, you know, you, you don't jump up out of your seat and want to give it a standing ovation, you just kind of sit there and kind of go, Oh, okay. I I hope it's good, but I'm just not feeling it. You know, I'm not sure. Right. You know? Well, I think one of the things that like you know a lot of people are worried about, or it might be just me, um, is for like the last couple of years, we've had Batman mainly. That's been oh, it's pretty much always going to be DC's flagship character in the the movie world, especially. And they really did really well with the Nolan series. Then you had Superman Returns, which some people like. Some people are like, hey, wow, it's like five hours in and he hasn't punched anyone and i think the biggest thing is is green lantern is a big deal i mean ever since hal came back in the comics a few years ago they've really been you know hal jordan green lantern he is awesome you know appreciate him and this is a big movie and 
you know, a lot of people are worried about how they're going to make this even half as good as The Dark Knight, or is it going to be another Superman Returns, which I don't see that. There seems to be a lot of action in it. But, uh, oh, what about the, uh, we didn't actually, we haven't actually never talked about this. What do you think about the, uh, the uh, villain being, it's, it's Hamilton, right? It's, uh, Hector Hammond, Hammond is Hammond. the villain, I think. I mean, that, that's something that's kind of interesting, too, because I think that's part of the whole, uh, Jeff Johns secret origin, uh, run that he did where he kind of, you know, retweaked Hal's origin yet again. You know, I guess there's the argument that, you know, maybe it's an origin movie and they're setting it up for more movies down the road. I, I don't know that Hector Hammond is exactly the person I would think is like, it's not the person who immediately comes to mind when I think of Green Lantern's, you know, arch nemesis. But then again, with movies like Iron Man, I don't think they ever picked anybody who I would necessarily view as Iron Man's arch nemesis. So that doesn't mean that that's a, it's something that would not work. You know, I, I think maybe that is uh, something clever. You know, maybe they're saving some of their wad for later on, hopefully. Um, but I, I think you're right about the fact that there, there is a lot riding on the movie. I mean, it's kind of like after, you know, Jonah Hex bombed and, you know, and then you're leading into this movie. It's like it might uh, deter, you know, it's kind of like just like Dark Knight sort of made a lot of money and then determined the course of certain scripts and movies where everything had to be super dark and, serious and you know that kind of thing it's like you know depending on how these current movies perform could dictate whether you see a, a justice league movie or a flash movie or you know anything else that people want down the line uh, funny you mentioned like iron man derek because i'm figuring like dc wants like green lantern to be like their iron man like movie wise you know like that guy who's like not that like at the time you know iron man came out he was getting a little steam in the comics, but he still wasn't, like, you know, a household name, really. But after that movie now, like, Iron Man's in, like, the top five, you know, most popular Marvel heroes, probably. So maybe DC is, like, kind of planning on, like, trying to get Green Lantern to be, the you know, the superhero movie you didn't know you were going to love or something. However, you know, the, yeah. the trailer doesn't look very impressive. Can you, like, bring us up to speed on that Hammond guy? Like, I have no clue who you're talking about. <laughs> is he even like a uh, super villain or is he just a bad guy in house yeah. life? Yeah, Hector Hammond's kinda like a uh I guess in the in the comics he's I mean he's basically just like a he's kinda like the leader, but for Green Lantern, I guess. You know, he's a big headed, you know, uh you know, has sort of like mind zonking powers type guy. Um, he's got like telekinetic powers and it, basically it's just all sort of, you know, he's, he's a very mental villain, you know, usually he, he's kind of like the way Modoc is in a certain way where like, you know, his, his, the rest of his body is frail, you know, like, and, and it's mainly just, you know, so, so I don't know exactly how well that's going to, you know, I don't know what they're going to do with that in the, the movie, you know, like, I don't know if that's going to translate, if he's just going to be, um, you know, uh, a criminal or some kind of scientist or, you know, I, I don't know what kind of backstory they're going to try and give right. him. But I know I saw in the trailer like Sinestro's in it, but he's just they're probably like built saving him for a possible sequel. Like he's just going to be the land a lantern in this movie, it seems like. Yeah, that's what I would guess. I mean, I, I would think he's like not not comparing the two as as the same character, but the way, you know, War Machine was kind of set up and hinted at. In the first Iron Man movie, you know, it's like you'll you will get him later on, you know. So that's what that's so, what I so would think. So what you're saying is, uh, in Green Lantern two, uh, Sinestro will be played by Don Cheadle. 
Okay. Yes, that's exactly okay. what I'm saying. You heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> What's everyone think about X-Men? Oh, I think Barber's really into it. Uh, weren't you talking pretty highly about it, Barber? Well, I'm not really into it. Um, I want to be hopeful about it. I think it's going to be better than X3 and you know Wolverine Origins. So I'm, I want to be hopeful about it. I'm not extremely excited about it. Um I'm just kind of looking forward to it, though. I'm, I'm trying to be optimistic about it, I guess. But, you know, some of the character choices, I'm kind of scratching my head. And I'm like, oh, that one guy, he's in this? Huh. You know, like uh, Nightcrawler's dad or whatever. Azazel. Yeah, yeah, that guy. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, I don't know what you guys think, but, I mean, to me, I don't think we've really ever had, like, a really definitive X-Men movie. I mean, X-Men 1 and 2 were good. Don't get me wrong. I enjoyed them. But, I mean, I don't know. I've, I've never really seen, like, an X-Men movie. I've been like, that is totally what every X-Men movie should go, you know, for. That's what they should base it on. Yeah, I getcha. You know, they, like I, I've said it before, and I, the X-Men movies so far, like, it doesn't seem like special effects have been their strong point, And it's a very special effects-laden, like, franchise. So it's like, I don't know. It just seems like something, like it's missing a little something. I don't know what it is, but it's like missing a little bite to it. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I mean, a lot of stuff coming up soon, so, I mean, anybody's listening, just keep your eyes out. And if you happen to go see some summer movies, or if you see anything just that comes out recently, um, be sure to check out our uh, Fan Holes website. It's uh, Fan Holes uh, Podcast at blogspot.com. And if you have any questions or any comments about those things or anything that we've talked about tonight, be sure to send them to fanholespodcast at gmail.com. Speaking of friends and people that we uh, know, there's a guy over there on uh, the board we post. That's called Bot Talk, bottalk.com. Uh, actually, uh, bigbot.com, the Bot Talk uh, forum is on there. Uh, there's a guy named Air Hammer. He's a really talented artist. He does a lot of coloring. Um, he does uh, what we call digibashes. That's basically if you take an established image, usually of toys, it changed the colors to kind of make it a new thing, make it a new figure. So it's really good stuff. You can look up his stuff up at uh, http uh, airhammer.dbnart.com. And uh, and if if you can't uh, remember all that or, or uh, you just want an easy-to-click link uh, on uh, the fanholespodcast.blogspot, we have a uh, section to the right of the page called Cool Sites, and uh, there's a bunch of different sites to various people either on the boards, and uh, one of them is labeled as Airhammer's DeviantArt page. So you can also check it out that way as well. Andy, thanks, Eric. Uh, we... You know, sometimes I do talk a little bit too fast, so that might be easier for most people. But we just want you to check those things out, especially the DeviantArt page and the uh, emails. Let us know how we're doing for you and stuff. Let me wrap up this week with just kind of going over some stuff that we uh, are really into right now. One of the things I was liking a lot was uh, there's a comic called Marvel Superhero Adventures. It features Nova as an Avenger, which I thought was kind of cool. It's not exactly on the beaten track. It's not the uh, 616 Marvel Universe. It's one of those, you know, made-for-all-ages readers comics. But uh, I really, I've enjoyed it, and it's kind of like he's the the young firestorm, you know, of the group, you know, of the Avengers. And so I, I find that kind of interesting. There are some things that are a little weird where they made Invisible Woman an Avenger, so you might pick it up and kind of go, huh, what the hell's going on? But um, honestly, uh, I, I think it's a fun book if you just kind of, you know, don't worry about the continuity thing. And uh, it, it makes me, it, I, I sort of yearn for Nova to be a, a real Avenger, not a, a secret Avenger or a all-ages Avenger. So there What's you go. What's the name of that book again? Uh, Marvel Superheroes Adventures. Okay. 
it's one of the, you know, kind of all ages books. That's cool. What about you, Brian? Anything kind of seeming really awesome to you right now? Lately, I've been really into Magic the Gathering Duels of the Planewalkers video game. It's for uh, downloadable for Xbox 360 or PS3 on the PlayStation Network. I think it's like $9.99 or maybe even $14.99, but either way, it's almost cheaper than buying an actual Magic deck in real life. The reason I like it, I'm kind of casual ma- Magic fan, and this game gives you like, I don't know, six or eight pre-made decks, so you know the decks all work well and they play well. Um, you can play locally with a buddy. You can play, they got a, a campaign so you can play against the computer. Um, or you can even take it online and play up to four players. I don't know, for any casual Magic fan like me, I just recommend it. It's a good way to get in your Magic the Gathering time and just have some fun. Cool, cool. Uh, what about you, Mike? Anything up your alley that's kind of making you go, I just, yeah, just uh uncanny x-force makes me go yay nowadays um <laughs> it's a what do you call it, latest incarnation of x-force uh by marvel obviously um written by uh rick uh remender i think it is called it's just uh, a, a great book so far it's only on issue five but i'm enjoying it a lot i especially like uh, deadpool's uh characterization in it i think it's like some char- character work that he's lacked for like uh, at least like since that big Deadpool explosion like of a few years ago, where he, and like he has like eight books on the shelves, but uh, it it really felt like the Deadpool that I remember reading like from before the Deadpool explosion. So I highly recommend it. Oh, so he was funny. <laughs> oh yeah, so yeah, he was funny and in character. Yep. <laughs> nice. Uh, what about you, Barbara? Anything uh, up your way? Yeah, I'm currently uh, currently reading a novel called uh, The Court of the Air by Stephen Hunt. Uh, it's a world of like steampunk meets magic. So if you're into you know stuff like that, it's definitely worth checking out. It's very good. Cool. Uh, me myself, um, I recently uh, rented uh, Mega Mind. I'm actually probably gonna buy it because it was so good. It just came out on DVD. If you didn't get a chance to catch it in the theaters, really good movie. Um, especially if you are like us, you like superheroes. It has a nice little comedic twist on it, and uh, they did a really good job. Um, it's one of those movies, and if you don't like Will Ferrell, you'll be like, hey, he doesn't bug me. He's doing really good. Uh, I enjoyed that movie a lot, Tony, so yeah, I agree. Excellent. excellent. I will definitely have to uh, check out some of those comics you guys are talking about and the novel. But not the video game? I would like to check out the video game, but I don't really get uh, online gaming that much, so I don't know if I did. Is it really fun to play by yourself, like uh, as far as the computer opponent? Yeah, I like it. Um, like I said, there's a campaign. I think there's a... Uh, like 15 different guys in the campaign you play against, um, each with different um, decks and combos of decks. And as you play the single-player game, um, each match you win, you unlock like one of the more powerful cards, so you can put that into your own deck. So I think it's a lot of fun. But, I mean, it really depends. I mean, if you hate magic in real life, you're not going to like it, obviously. That's cool. I mean, you know, I mean, if it, if it is actually fun for one player, I might try it out. Just, I guess, an antisocial uh, video game player. <laughs> yeah. Um, for me, I could never get two or three friends to play in real life so it's an opportunity for me to play yeah good point i mean that sounds fun i probably would try it out from all of us here at fan holes well we appreciate you coming out uh listening to us tonight on this uh, podcast we will be doing another one hopefully in about a week's time all right guys it looks like it's kind of time to wrap it up everybody's getting a little sleepy here so from tony uh chain claw and brian breakdown Derek wc Derek underwing mike justin Greenwald. We might uh, hope you'll come listen to us again, and you have a wonderful week. Uh-oh, the professor getting a little cranky. Game is getting a little sleepy, Cher. <laughs> <laughs>